0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit Pew podcast and our study of Romans. And this week in our adult Bible study, we are in Romans chapter 13. I went back and discussed some of the verses in chapter 12 that we kind of rushed through last week and uh, how it tied to chapter 13. And then we got into chapter 13 and some good verses. So hope you're enjoying the study. We're coming to uh, close to an end. We only have 16 chapters in this book over the next probably four weeks or so three four weeks we're going to be finished with this and moving on to some new studies so hope that you're following along hope you're enjoying it and without further ado let's dive in romans 13 romans chapter well 13 is where we are but 12 is where i want to get back to so just that area if you get to that area of your bible we will be doing well we've i'm not going to go back and cover all of the outline but i think you kind of know briefly we've talked about sin salvation sanctification the sovereignty of God now we're in the subject of dealing with service as a Christian we are to serve and last week chapter 12 great chapter we did discuss how we first we yield ourselves to God our bodies are not our own we yield ourselves to God and uh, why do we do that well he says I beseech you by the mercies of God we think about all that God has done for us the fact that we were sinners that he died we yield our bodies back to him we're in good hands and so we talked about in the first couple verses, then we got into our relationship with, with others in the church, and we talked about the gifts, some spiritual gifts that we need to be using, and we discussed that throughout in chapter 12. Then I had to kind of hurry up as I got to verses 9 on down, but verses 9 on down we were dealing with the proper attitudes and actions within the body of Christ. So as we're exercising our gifts with the church, we need to have good the right attitudes and the right actions towards that. And so we, we, I'll quickly go over a few of these. We talked about how we need to love others without hypocrisy. Be genuine in your love. Genuinely love people. Don't just try to use people or manipulate people, but genuinely love people. We talked about how we need to hate evil, but stay united with that which is good. We need to have committed love for the Christian brother. And then that one verse, it's always an interesting one to me, but but to prefer, prefer your Christian brother above yourself. A lot of times we prefer ourselves above whoever is coming at whatever we prefer. But the Bible says that we're to prefer others before ourselves. Told us not to be lazy, we got into that a little bit last week. That we're to be fervent or boiling in our spirit, serving the Lord. We're to rejoice in hope. It talked about before before we finish we talked about how we're to endure trials and be persevering and we need to share with the needy be hospitable even bless those that persecute us don't curse those that persecute us we talked about rejoicing with those that rejoice weep with those that weep don't play favorites and then we kind of ease down and starting in verse 17 verse 17 we kind of see how we relate not only within the church but within our society that builds to, and it kind of goes right along with when we get to chapter 13. So I think I'll start for just a few minutes in in verse 17 of chapter 12 when it says this, recompense, not a word we use all the time, but recompense to no man evil for evil. So when you see it in context, I think you know what it means. He's saying, hey, don't say you did evil to me, so I'm going to do evil back to you. That's natural, isn't it? You hit me, I hit you. Now, well, I could get—I don't want to get rabbit trail early. That first sentence, don't give me a rabbit trail. But I'm not saying you sit there and take it like a punching bag, all right? And I don't think turn the other cheek was referencing here. I go down my rabbit trail though. Was necessarily referencing if someone punches you, you turn—it's dealing with insult actually in that case. When someone insults you verbally, you can turn the other cheek. You don't have to insult back. But don't be a punching bag if someone's beating the tar out of you, okay? But I could prove that another time. But I went down the rabbit trail to just intrigue you, okay? But. It does have the idea that you don't have to try to get back at somebody. Don't recompense evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Man, that's a good verse. That verse right there comes to my mind, has come to my mind a lot in life. But he says, as much as lieth in you. I always like when there's conditions. I mean, if he said, live peaceably with all men, well, some, man, that's tough. Because some people are just combative. But he said, as much as lieth in you. You do everything on your part to be at peace with someone else. And if they want to be combative, you've done your part. So I love that, that, not the out that he gives, but that condition. Hey, do you do your part to be at peace? You, you know so so what is it to be at peace as much like we're looking at in a marriage relationship as much as lieth in you if you're going to try to be at peace that means you don't take a passive aggressive shot at that person while they're coming back because as much as lieth in you you got to be at peace it means you don't take an aggressive shot at that person back because we just saw recompense don't recompense evil for evil but you're trying to live at peace you control what you can control and if you that other person doesn't want to live at peace that's on them god holds us responsible for ourselves and he says as much as lieth in you you be at peace with all men then he says dearly beloved avenge not yourselves don't try to get revenge but rather give but rather give place unto wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay saith the lord so god is going to get vengeance for you so we don't have to go about trying to get our revenge all the time God will get our revenge. Now, I'm going to preface some of this in a minute. Right now, we're talking about how we relate to other human beings in society. But when we get to chapter 13, we're going to see how the government is supposed to deal with some things. So I'm going to give an illustration maybe in a minute that's going to tie this. Because sometimes we as Christians can be the worst judges of something. And I'm going to give it to you right now, probably. But here's what Someone break into our house. I'm just going to give it to you now. All right. Someone breaks into our house and we catch them red-handed. Stop them. Please get them. And then we're like, well, we're Christians. So we just going to, let's just, it's all right. Everything's okay. Whoa, whoa two different things. You say, well, vengeance isn't supposed to be mine. So I'm going to, no, no, no. Two different things. Now you're talking about criminal versus social. Social means if, if, if Jim comes in here with a bad attitude towards me, and he's, every time I teach a point, he's going, a joke. This guy's a joke. Okay. He may be being rude to me. I'm going to try to live peaceably with him. And I don't have to get vengeance on him. I don't have to criticize him in every illustration I have or use everything against him that Cindy's been telling me about him. I don't have to do that. That's <laughs> relational. Now, he breaks into my house, and he steals my stuff and damages my property. Now, he's in the law's hands. Okay. A lot of times, though, we as Christians, we're like, well, I don't want to know. There's a difference between the laws and just pe- working with one another in a relational type of thing. We'll get to that more in a little bit, okay? But he says, but but we're not to try to get revenge on people. He says, therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him, not laugh at him. He says, feed him. If your enemy is thirst." give him a drink not a poisonous one for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head now i kind of love this again i'm going to call it an out that the bible gives because it's almost like the author of this ultimately the holy spirit but paul knew this is not going to be easy okay if your enemy's hungry you're fixing him a pizza and giving it to him that's tough because what we want to say is hey starve i don't care it's your responsibility you're my enemy but he says help them if they're thirsty give them a drink and he knows that's not going to be received well so he kind of tells us here's what will more than likely happen by you just being the christian and just doing right it's going to heap coals of fire upon their head it's going to frustrate them to no end because you're trying to live peaceably and all they want to do is fight And so you're doing the right thing. And then this last verse is a verse I have it highlighted, and I have it underlined, which I do a lot of these next few verses. But here's what he says. He says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. We need this verse in our modern society today. We as Christians, we in this room need this verse when we look at our modern society today. Because it's easy to be overcome with evil. If you watch the news much, you're going to be tempted to be overcome with evil. Not, I don't mean you're going to grow horns and you're going to go out and start killing people. I just mean the, the evilness that you're seeing in our society is going to consume the frustration and wrath and anger in you. But he says don't be overcome with the evil, but overcome evil with good. Just be good. Just do the right thing. Be a kind human being. Be a good human being. You can't control what everybody else is doing. But as much as life in you, you can control who you are. You can be at peace. You don't have to get revenge. You can still do good even to your enemies. You control you. God controls the rest of this. And as long as we take care of our part, and I think we fail here. I think we do, all of us. We being Brad and all of us. I think a lot of us fail here because we sometimes we feel like god you're not doing it fast enough and so i'm going to help you out here and we've got it we've got to we've got to not be overcome with evil but we've got to overcome the evil with good this is so he's talking about the relationship to our society and others this is kind of even broad more beyond even the church but how do we relate to other people in society at our workplace or at walmart or on the road We've got, you know, we've got to still be. If you are Christians, you are not just a Christian at church, and there is a lot of church-only Christians that I see, and I say that with quotation marks because they're one way when they're at church, and they're another way when they're at work. And I, I tend to work with some of those as well. When they come into my office, they know I am a former pastor. They know I talk about the Lord. They are as clean and as good as can be and then when they go back to their office when someone else comes in they're someone else and we can we, we see that in our society but i think we have to be if we are walking with god which is what we've been talking about in the book of romans we got to live this out every day i mean this is a life change if christ lives in you he moved in it it changes us and one of the ways that it changes us is it changes how we relate to people even ungodly people. And so that being said, now he comes to chapter 13, and he's going to deal with how the relationship to our government. We've seen how we relate to other people in our church. how do we relate to our society, but now how do we relate to our government? And um, this should get interesting because I got a feeling I know how probably majority of people feel about some current government in this room right here, but how do we relate to our government? Look at what he says. He says, "Let every soul." be subject unto higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, verse one here, we just see this. Now, first few things, just basic. Every person's to submit to authority. You submit to the authority that God has given you. You you may not like your authority. You may think that they're doing wrong. Submit to your authority. That's a basic principle of being a christian is learn to submit to your authority you submit to your boss you, that's just who we should be whether it be your government which we've talked about or your authority when is the only time and you know we always preface it with this statement it's true but we shouldn't have to but the only time you don't submit to your authority is when your authority asks you to do something that goes against the authority of the word of god if your authority wants you to steal or your authority wants you to lie or you steal. No, we submit to a higher authority at that point, which is the word of God that tells us we cannot do that. And so but we need to submit to the authority. So, All authority exists because of God, we see in that verse. All authority is determined by God, we see in that verse. But then let's look at what he says in verse 2 about what if we rebel. He says, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Doesn't sound good, does it? But so we have to respect and honor the authorities that God has put into our life. And rebellion against authority is rebellion against God. And rebellion to authority does bring judgment to our lives. It's a basic principle. That's a principle that's taught all. The, we understand it when we teach it to children. Hey, obey your parents. So they need to obey the teachers. We understand that a little bit more. But you know what? Even as a 41-year-old man, when I go to work tomorrow, I'm to obey and honor the authorities that are in my life tomorrow when I go to work. And then even the authorities that may be in our government that maybe I don't agree with and maybe I didn't vote for, but they're in power, guess what? I need to obey and honor. And First Timothy tells me to pray for those authorities in my life and so we the. the, they, uh, the we, but to rebel against that authority is to rebel against God and that rebellion will bring judgment but look at verse 3 for rulers now here's the responsibility of government and we're going to get into this well we'll get into this for a second I think this is good but notice this for rulers or government are not a terror to good works so if you do good you actually don't have to worry about the government this fits well in the last few years conversation which I won't get too much into but you know what? If you do the right thing, you don't have to worry about government or authorities. You don't have to worry about police officers. You don't have to worry about your teachers. You don't have to, If you just do the right thing, you don't have to worry about it. There's no fear. Do the right thing. But notice with this. There's no terror in good works but to the evil. So for those that do wrong, there is a terror of I just thought of a funny story but anyways there is a terror to fearing the authorities I think about those people I think I just imagine my sister is one maybe not Um, I think Shell did it once with me but when you're driving down the interstate and all of a sudden you see a cop what do a lot of people do? slam on the brakes and it drives me insane alright I'm already going with a speed that I'm comfortable going I'm going to be about 5 mile an hour over now some may say "Hey, that's wrong okay you can come get me afterwards I'm not going to get pulled over for five mile an hour over I see a cop I don't hit the brake it's just you're just guilty right there I don't hit the brake but I've been right with people and it's like whoa hey calm down there's just seeing the authority in their lives all of a sudden brings terror to their minds just because it's an authority figure makes me feel like there's some rebellion in there I'm not going to say it but, but it just reminded me that when I was reading that but you don't you don't have to fear yeah go ahead all right. What's the exception? You drive a Corvette. You drive a Corvette. They're going to get you, no matter you don't what. don't what they do. you're two, two mile an hour. They're going to get you because they want to see the car, maybe, or they just don't like it's their jail. Like, I don't know. Driver's license. Driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> they probably think you're a famous guy, man, because you're driving a Corvette. But so, but, but you don't have to. But ultimately, that was a funny illustration. But it, we don't have to be fearful of authorities when you obey authorities and you do the right thing. When you, it comes off of life's chapter We say, hey, if you're just living the Christian life out. There's no need to fear the authorities when you're living as you should. When you're doing wrong, you should fear the authorities. He says in verse three, "Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have the praise of the same. The powers, powers of be are going to praise you if you're just doing right. You know what? Even even no matter what, no matter what, you um, Democrat or Republican, when you're just doing the right thing by society, they're going to praise you. Doesn't matter they should at least so that's what he's saying here the verse 4 says for he is the minister of god to thee for good talking about the government now the government is supposed to be a minister of god to us for good but if thou do that which is evil be afraid for he beareth not the sword in vain here we see a responsibility of the government for he is a minister of god a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil so here in romans 13 we begin to see one of the responsibilities of the government one of the responsibilities of the government is to punish and deal with evil or deal with wrong and so a couple things here i've noted it might stick with my notes and i'll come back to that thought god's purpose for authority they are servants to praise those that are good They are God's servants to punish wrongdoers. And so we'll get back to our attitude towards it. So they are to punish evil. And this is one of the verses people go to for the capital punishment one. But this goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier. The government's role is to deal with wrongdoing. And so we as Christians sometimes think, well, I shouldn't. I don't want to press. I don't want to do this, even though this has happened. And, And there may be a role and time for everything. But there is to be accountability for wrongdoing. And it's not wrong for our government. As a matter of fact, it is a role and a function of our government to discipline wrongdoing. They're supposed to do that. That's that's one of their main roles in the Bible, is to protect the good and deal with the evil. That's one of the main roles of government. Now, there's a lot of things that our government tries to do that's not necessarily biblical. But the main function they have is to protect the those that are doing the right and abide by the laws. And that's, that's one of the responsibilities that they have. And then well, our responsibility, verse five, is to submit. It says in verse five, "Wherefore ye must needs be subject; you need to be submit to that, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake." He gives us two reasons we need to submit: not just because of judgment could come if we don't do right. It's like, "Well, I obey authority just because if I don't, I'm going to get in trouble." Well, it ought to be. He says, "Secondly, for conscience' sake, it ought to be that we want to we have a conscience towards God." Remember when Joseph's. Remember when Potiphar's wife took Joseph and she, was trying, she said, lie with me, lie with me. She wanted, and he said, he didn't say, he not only said, I can't do this against my master, but he said, this would be a sin against God. And that's him not understanding. He understands, yes, the judgment that could come from his master, but more importantly, he doesn't want to offend God who is his ultimate authority in his life. And you and I need to realize that as we submit to the authorities that God puts in our lives, we're ultimately submitting to, to God. And so we need to give them, as we're going to see in verse six and seven. Verse six, he talks about taxes a little bit. For this cause, pay ye tribute also, pay your taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues: tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So he tells us we got to pay it. We need a, part of our submitting. We need to pay our taxes, pay our bills give to them give them honor give them respect for that their position needs and that's our responsibility in our society and i've probably been as guilty of it too we can tend to criticize our government and authorities and there is plenty of area worthy to be criticized in some sense but ultimately we're to pray we're to honor and that we that's our response that we are supposed to have for them and we execute our right we have to vote when the next time to vote is we owe and then we execute our right to vote and a lot of times i say if you don't vote then there's what it is you know you get you're going to get what you have and sometimes you do and it doesn't turn out the way you want but we are to honor respect a position pay our bills pay our taxes there is we have a conscience toward god that's the government's role we've seen our role towards the government is what he's talked about now he's going to get from here he's going to come back into the personal realm a little bit now brian if you are in the main service tonight he's actually going to speak on verses 11 through 14 he said so he said you guys want to go a little light on that you can because i'm going to touch on it tonight but a lot of people will be out of there so we still wanted to cover all of this but let's start in verse 8 because he's going to move from the government and their role and our response to that role to verse 8 when he says this oh no man anything but to but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now, a lot of people want to use that verse to say, hey, you're not to ever borrow any money, which I'm a lending officer at a bank. So <laughs> I remember when I took that position, which I took the position, somebody got on to me once and said, oh, you're, it's wrong to, to ever borrow money. It's, and let me just say this as a lending officer. It's not always wise to borrow money, Okay. I don't I don't think credit cards are wise all the time I don't think they're evil but I don't think they're wise I don't think borrowing money is always wise and so maybe that's why I'm not a great lending officer because if you come in and you're like I want to do this and I'm gonna say it's not a good idea because I don't care in that sense I want to honor my authorities yes but I'm not gonna put you in a bad position plus when we get audited I don't want to get my hand slapped so there's a multiple reasons there but this verse even even if we could go over to matthew and a few other passages jesus even talked about borrowing over there he didn't condemn borrowing there's always warnings about borrowing there's warnings about usury and things like that but he doesn't ever condemn it so what he's saying here in this text as we go down through you're going to see the theme he's saying don't be indebted to men in anything except for love in the sense of We need to be indebted to others by love. And he's going to kind of wrap this up by dealing with love, the theme of love. Because look what he says. Owe no man anything but to love one another. So be indebted to others is what he's saying in love. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. This is what I I referenced a few weeks ago. But when you study the New Testament, you just slow down and study the New Testament, you're going to find that he talks over and over about being loving and being kind. Over and over in the New Testament. And what I have, I've been in church for 41 years, and not, not in this church. I'm saying overall, when I'm speaking the church in whole, I found a lot of, lot of people, not everybody, not everybody. So I've got to be careful in my statement. But a lot of people can be the opposite of loving and kind. They can be very hateful, judgmental, critical. And then people like, oh, these Christians are kind I don't really like these Christians. But when I study the New Testament, it tells me over and over again to be loving and to be kind. And that never is an okay to say sin's not a big deal. It's never an okay to say, and we're going to get in next week, Romans 14 is going to be interesting. It's going to deal with gray areas in the Bible. What about the Bible doesn't say about this? But and we're going to get in, tackle that a little bit next week. But the ultimate theme is have love one for another. And he says this. So if you have love one for another, here's what happens. It fulfills the whole law for this. He goes, think about it. Thou shalt not commit adultery. So if I have love... Am I going to take someone else's wife? No. So love fulfilled that law. Thou shalt not kill. If I love you, am I going to kill you? My wife said I'm going to kill me a few times, but I don't think she loves me. But but no, if I if I love, if you love someone, you're not going to kill them. You're not going to steal from someone that you love. You're not going to lie against someone that you love. You're not going to covet against someone that you love. So he says, if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, "Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself." If you love God and love your neighbors yourself, you are going to fulfill all the law. But a lot of times we say we love, and we it's only in, it's in word only. But true love, he says in verse ten, love worketh no ill toward to his neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. So he's going to come here. He's after dealing with. You got, you got to remember, we went through this in two weeks. But after talking about how do I relate to my church members, how do I relate to society, how do I relate to my government, how does my government relate to you? He says all of this works when it's founded in love. It does. Doesn't matter personalities. Doesn't matter de- de- desires, differences, all that stuff. It when it's founded in love, it works. Biblical love. And so. You and I ought to strive to be loving people. Care for others. S- err on the side of love. And I think you're going to make a difference in people's lives. People, people are moved by love. We're, what is the gospel story? The gospel story is, hey, you're a sinner. That doesn't sound good. But what, what moves that person is saying, in spite of your sin, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. E- even though you're a sinner he loved you enough to sacrifice and that's what love always does true love true love is the sacrificial giving of myself for the benefit of another without selfish thought of return that's true love so it's not loving to say to my wife hey you know what i'll make a deal with you i'll finish up project a if you make chocolate chip cookies now that may be a negotiation in our health but i can't sit back and say hey i'm the most loving husband now because here's what i did i did a project for her so she did something for me no that's just called give and take but true love is the sacrificial giving of yourself without thought selfish thought of return you don't have to have anything back you're just giving of yourself and uh, so that's the type of love we should have he wraps up this chapter which brian will a little bit tonight but he wraps up this chapter and saying in verse some serious verses in verse 11 it says and that knowing the time look at our time so it's I think it's gonna be a good message tonight but he says knowing the time it is now high time to awake out of sleep he's saying to these christians you got to wake up for now is our salvation near than when we than when we believed he believed the lord was coming back soon he says the night is far spent the day is at hand Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. He says, listen, Christ is coming back soon. We have a work to do. We've got to put off these works of darkness and he's going to label some of them here in a minute. And he says, we need to put on the armor of light. We need to put on these. I think the armor of light, we could go whatever ways. I'm not going to try to go all these different ways, but the armor of light is basically the Christ. We need to put on Christ, put on his love, put on his joy, put on his peace, put on Christ to others because the day is at hand. Christ is going to come back. We do die. And we are only got a limited amount of time to show the love of Christ. So he says, let us put on the armor of light. And then he's, remember, he's talking to Christians. So like I said earlier, hey, a lot of people say they're Christians and, and then they walk a different way. But he says, we need to, we need to put on the armor of light. And he says, let us walk honestly in the day, not in rioting, and drunkenness, not in chambering. Chambering is not a word we use a lot, but it's talking about the bedroom. It means the bedroom. It's talking about uh, like fornication and, and sinful sexual things, which he continues when he talks about wantonness. And he says not in strife or envying. And so he, there was must have been some things going on with among the church maybe and around them where there was drunkenness going on. They were rioting, which is a party type of life there were sexual sins and then the, the wantness just this lasciviousness it's just this life of living basically if i want it i desire it i'm going to go do it i don't care i don't care about what god wants it's if i want this and a lot of it he deals with the sexual sins i'm just going to go do it don't care what and that's our society today what is our society doing we're, it's over sexualizing our young people it's it's there's all okay there's rioting there's drunkenness there's all kinds of this stuff going on in our society today and this gender stuff could fit into this and so we he's saying listen don't get caught up in that you've got to put that stuff off put on jesus christ he says verse 14 but put ye on the lord jesus christ make no provision for your flesh to fulfill the lust thereof what a great verse that's a great verse right there to end on he says listen, just put on jesus christ just if if you're a Christian and you're gonna go around saying you're a Christian, then live it. Put on Christ; He indwells you. So put on His love, His joy, His peace, His long suffering, His gentleness, His goodness. Be loving one to another. Put that on, and don't make provision for your flesh. You know what making provision for your flesh is? Provision is you're 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 putting. You're, there's an opportunity there. You're putting an opportunity for you to give into that. Don't put yourself in bad situations. Don't get on sites you shouldn't be on. Don't even. Don't, don't, put, don't tempt yourself with, with looking at some things. Don't tempt yourself with going to these places. Don't tempt yourself by listening to that. If you know that that's a flesh weak spot for you, don't make provision for that. You, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't. If I had the mind reading ability right now, I could read what everybody's weakness is. And I don't. No one does. <laughs> I don't know what your weak spot is. You do. And the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you does. What he's saying is, you know your weakness... Don't give yourself an opportunity to give in to that. But make, but put on Jesus Christ and make a difference. I just feel like this chapter, even though he talked about government and stuff like this, but when he got to that love, I feel like he's saying, hey, in your church, love and make a difference. In your society, love and make a difference. To your government, whether you may agree with them or not, honor them, love them, respect them, and make a difference the best you can.